Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekly Q&A session with me, Andrew Musgrove and our Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. If you're listening on the podcast, please remember to like and follow and leave us a rating and review if you get the chance. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, where we're broadcasting live, thank you very much for doing so. Aaron, no new signs at Newcastle United thus far. Obviously, Matt Target was, has already come in, rejoined after his loan spell. Um, we know they're very much interested in Sven Botman and Hugo Atekie. What is the latest of your understanding on both of those deals and can we expect any movement over the next few days? Yeah, I think this week's going to be a big week in terms of transfers. Uh, the club have made no secret that they want deals done quickly and these two are definitely the closest deals to happening. Both players on the holidays, Botman especially wanted his future sort of wrapped up before he went on holiday after international duty. That hasn't been the case. Um, you know, there's talk that he's having another meeting with Lille this week that will hopefully speed up the process, but there's still no news as to whether... You know, Newcastle or Milan are going to win that battle for him. It does feel like he's sort of holding out for Milan. just depends whether they can get their takeover issues sorted sooner rather than later. For Ekatike, you know, we know that there's been a fee agreed with Rems and Newcastle. Um, you know, personal terms between Ekatike and Newcastle are close to being agreed, but there's just a few sticking points to be ironed out. You know, we did a piece Friday that essentially said it's close, but, you know, there's still agent fees and other sort of sticking points that haven't been finalised yet. So this week will be big. Um, and I think, you know, if we're looking at the first, the second sign of the summer, then it's definitely going to be one of those two, um, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, we know Sven Botman wants to play Champions League football. We've also seen it with the link with Diaby um, over in the German league, where he wants to also, with Bayer Leverkusen, play Champions League football. How much of a problem do you think the fact that Newcastle at this moment could not offer European football is when it comes to going after, not necessarily big names, with talented players yeah it's going to be a big problem to be honest because look Newcastle are the richest club in the world there's no secret of that it's a great project you look at what war flags have done and turn it into a great advert for the city and the club but the cold hard facts of it are you know they're still a mid-table club as of this minute Um, yes the potential is there to go further and kick on maybe next season or the next two or three seasons but AC Milano are from Botman right now Champions League football you know, Moussa Diaby at Bayer Leverkusen has spoke about his dream of playing Champions League football. He can get that this summer if he stays there. So, look, Newcastle fans know this. I think the club know this, that they've got a great sales pitch in front of them. But without that sort of European football right now, you know, we could be waiting two or three windows before they get proper serious talents through the door. Is it difficult, do you think, with players like Sven Botman, who, you know, is held in such high regard, the move he makes now is likely to be it's probably his biggest of his career, you might you might argue. So in a way, did Newcastle have to maybe lower their, their aim for certain players? Because with Botman, he has those European aspirations. It's going to be three, four years before Newcastle can seriously offer that. So is it a case that maybe they lower their target and bring in players that can still do a job, but maybe 
um, you know, it's not going to be as easy to sign someone like Botman who is at the or going into that stage of his career where he's going to be playing at the top of his game. Yeah, I would say so. Look, I don't think it's about Newcastle need to, you know, drop a level in terms of the sort of calibre of players they want to sign. They will still attract big names, you know. You look at Kieran Trippier, you know, had Champions League football. He was defending La Liga winner when he joined in January. But I think, you know, certain players, Botman, for example, is 22, like you say, full career ahead of him. This is a sort of a career-defining career move. Has he got in the back of his mind, look, if I join Newcastle and it doesn't all go how they say it's going to go and, you know, the club don't take that next step? Am I going to be, you know, in the lurch? Am I going to be out of the Netherlands setup? That's obviously going to play on people's minds. You know, not all players are in it for a payday and especially with a World Cup later this year, a lot of players will be having one eye on, you know, the, the best sort of move to get them into the frame for their respective countries. So I think it depends on the player, what they're after. You know, we've seen the likes of Kieran Trippier and Bruno say that, you know, they wanted to join the project. You know, we aren't going to be Arsenal to every single deal. We did well to do it in January with Bruno, but, you know, as as Gadusi likes to say, patience needs to be required and it's not going to happen overnight um, with players of that calibre who want to be playing Champions League football right now. And we'll get on to what me and Dad Gadusi uh, replied to a fan on, on Twitter. But I'm just wondering if you think Newcastle have kind of shown their hand already because they went after Ateke in January, they went after Botman. Then Amanda Stavely came out and said, basically said, we're going to go back in from in the summer. So, you know, the, sell, the two selling clubs here know these are top of Newcastle's shopping list. So do you think that plays into the selling club's hands because they effectively can sit back and say, well, we, we, we know they really want them. So come on, show us how much money you've actually got. Potentially, and look, that's the danger. We know already that Newcastle are going to have an extra tax added to their transfer dealings. Maybe this is going to, you know, increase that price a little bit more if the selling clubs know that they're desperate to buy them. But I actually think it shows a positive side of this ownership. Ekatiki turned them down in January, said he didn't believe in the project or whatever it was. Botman, you know, could have joined in January, didn't. But the owners said, look, we're going to go get them in the summer. You know, we want the best of the best. And these two players are, you know, two of the most highly rated youngsters in across Europe. So the way I see it is good on them for saying let's not give up on them just because they've missed out the first time. I guess it shows a, a calm hand. You know, they've clearly planned this. Planned this. They've scouted both of these chaps, uh, you know, t- to the high heavens. They like what they see. There's a reason they're going back in six months later. And it does, it's not a scattergun approach, is it? And you also feel if Botman does join East Milan, like in January when they didn't get him, they went after um, Dan Byrne, there will be a backup plan of, of quality as well in case plan A doesn't, come off yeah 100% I mean we've reported in the last week on the Chronicle how you know there isn't just one target in each position and I think they've they've got their backup plan sorted if Botman does decide he wants to go to Milan then they move on to the next one if Ekatiki moves then you know you've got the likes of Ishmael Astor and other wingers that they've looked at in the past so I agree it's, I don't think it's a scattergun approach I do think the owners will have probably learned something from one replacing Steve Bruce when they have that full Unai Emery saga, I think they'll probably learn that they probably need to keep a couple of things close at their chest in terms of their January dealings and, you know, it was very brave of Stavely to come out in February and say that, you know, Botman wanted to join and all this because, you know, fans lap that up and it gives fans, I'm not going to say false hope because he could still join, but, you know, fans are expecting that now and it's sort of the, it's the gamble you take when you come out and speak so openly in public about these things. 
That leads on to the next discussion point, and that is Midad Gadusi on Twitter. Now, in case you guys haven't seen it, there was a fan, and he tweeted uh, Midad on Twitter. We know Midad Gadusi and Jim Rubin very vocal on that social media platform. This fan tweeted, basically saying, if you don't sign someone, I'm going to stick to the golf. He was voicing his displeasure and frustration, which some of you may also feel that Newcastle haven't added to the squad other than Matt Target. And me and Dad, to his credit, some might say, tweeted back saying, patience is a virtue. What did you read into the whole saga of that? I feel a bit sorry for the owners because, look, it's great that they're on social media. It's great that they're being open with the club, but they must be getting bombarded with messages um, from, you know, desperate fans seeking some transfer news and, you know, their notifications are probably going off. But I think what Murdad says is right. You know, we've got to remember we're only 10 days into this summer transfer window. They've got all the way to September to make the signings. Yes, we know that they want to do things early and not be sort of, you know, still scrambling around for deals once the season started and deadline day is approaching. But as we said, trust the process. You know, these owners have got their plans in place. If Botman doesn't sign, it's not the end of the world. They will have another centre-back that they can go at. Um so I think I agree with Murdad and that would just be my message to fans is let's just be patient, you know. We've got to remember, not even 12 months ago, we were trying to scrape around a loan fee on deadline day for Hamza Chowdhury and now we're in this privileged position of being able to attract the likes of Botman and Ekatike. So I think, yeah, a bit of sort of... Patience. A bit of patience, patience. is just required, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say is, well, I'm quietly confident that me and Dad and Jim Rubin will definitely have their notifications switched off. <laughs> I, I think I think that's a given, isn't it? But it is important to remember, as you mentioned there, you know, Newcastle and Elie, every window recently before the takeover was linked to Hamza Chowdhury, no disrespect to the midfielder, decent midfielder, but it was always about getting him on loan. Newcastle wouldn't pay the fee. Then we had the Joe Willock saga, didn't we? When Newcastle came out and said, basically, we, we broke all the rules we signed the player that you kind of the fans wanted, Steve Bruce wanted, but then there was no money left in the pot. You know, we're not getting that anymore. Newcastle are, are seriously in the market for some good players. It's well thought out. There's there's money there. There's ambition there. It's just a totally different ball game. And I think it is maybe a case of let's just remember where Newcastle were, like you say, not even twelve months ago to where they've the, the, they are now. Yeah, definitely. And look, this summer will be an important one. And it's no surprise that fans are so desperate for news but I bet when we look back in September 1st and we look back at the 150 names linked with a club across a couple of months you know how many of those deals won't be done so like I say it's just about patience and the right players will be brought in this summer it might just take a bit more time I think the other important thing is is you know if each player they're going after doesn't come in, it'll not be for the one to try in. It, it, it's really refreshing that Newcastle now under ownership that actually are actively trying to do things. They're not going out and spending players when you know the the lack of um, adding to the squads hit them hard. They're going out, they're being proactive rather than reactive. And I think when Newcastle were under Mike Ashley, where it was the bare minimum in contrast to what these guys are trying to do, it is really refreshing and it's just good to see them having a plan and just being active in the window. Yeah, 100%. Under Mike Ashley, everything was reactive. You know, it was, we've just been relegated. Let's go and spend 50 million because we have to and we have to get back up or we've just sold X or Y and we need to replace them. So let's get a cheaper alternative in. This window already, we've seen the owners on the front foot. They've wasted no time getting Matt Target in. 
they've wasted no time trying to revive those deals that they maybe missed out on in January. And Eddie Howe's made it clear in, in his last couple of press conferences before the season ended that he really wanted, you know, the players to have a summer where it wasn't really disruptive. They want the players in early. They want everyone back for pre-season in a fit state so that they've got the best chance of hitting the ground running um, by the time the season starts. So I think I think we'll see, and I'm, we've said this on the podcast before, but I think the players that he wants to sign and the key signers that they make this summer will be done before that first game of Notts Forest. We've got there Hassan Musa asking, um, do we think Newcastle are going to sign Lucas Paqueta, Botman and Hugo Atekier? So we've, we've discussed there Botman and Hugo Atekier. You know, they are top of the list when it comes to Newcastle's shopping list. You know, I, I do think um, Atekier will, will come through the door. I think it is just a matter of time. Botman perhaps is a little more up in the air because it would appear his first choice is AC Milan and all depends on how their takeover goes through you know, they can offer that Champions League football as discussed with Paqueta for me I think it's a bit of a, a dream signing one of those Hollywood signs it would be great to see Bruno's mate come in and have three Brazilians in the midfield you know, Jolinton, Gamoresh and Paqueta but as we discussed last week the midfield I don't think is a priority and you know Newcastle while they might be by name, the richest club in the world, they will have a budget that they have to stick to, financial fair play. You know, they're not just going out and going to go spend the, the, the riches. So I don't think the midfield is a priority. The asking price for Paqueta is rumoured to be 60-odd million. Even if he does want to leave and, you know, uh, you know match up with Gumresh, there is other positions in this squad that need strengthening and that kind of money can go a long way to doing that. Yeah, and I, and I think... I, it wouldn't be a surprise if Paqueta came in this summer. Look, these owners have got you know, grand plans to improve every area of the team, but I think they'll get the deals they need to do first. Leon, you know, in the past have been, you know, tough negotiators. You know, their president has made, you know, no sort of secret of that over the years with Lacazette and Fakir and other players who have maybe departed. So I don't think that'll be an imminent deal, but like I say, I wouldn't be surprised whether... They revisit it at the end of the month, depending on or the end of the summer. Sorry, depending on how other deals have gone. We have Jonathan there asking about Dominic Calvin Lewin, which is who's been linked. The Everton striker been linked over the past few days. It's another interesting one, isn't it? You know, I mean, I think Everton and the fans and their owners and probably Frank Lampard will be looking at last season as as a blip, and they'll be wanting to get back on a level footing with the teams like Newcastle, like Aston Villa, where I think Newcastle will on par with and they'll be looking I think in their mindset to break into that top 10 rid the nightmare of last year so I would think it would take an astronomical bid for Everton to sell Dominic Calvin-Lewin yeah I mean look the fee's already been talked about at 40-50 million it's as we keep saying it's, it's a hefty chunk out of what probably isn't a budget that fans think it is this summer I don't think that we're going to see anywhere near sort of 150 million as you know some outlets have reported in recent months so You've also got to factor in that the fact he's had a very, very difficult season last year. Calvert-Lewin, he's been in and out of the team with injuries. When he's been back, he hasn't been in form. As you say, Lampard will want to keep him. You know, Mashiri, the, the, the chairman of Everton, will want to keep him as well. So it's a tough deal to do. And, you know, we've said previously on podcasts that there's going to be certain deals this summer that are, are really hard to get over the line. And I think Calvert-Lewin, especially being a Premier League rival as such, would, would go into that category as well. In terms of the other positions, you know, we, we, we've mentioned Botman, we've mentioned Atekia. 
is I mean, there's lots of links to to a, to a goalkeeper. Is that another one where you, you you can see Newcastle strengthening if the right person came up and was available, but it's not necessarily a position that's at the front of the queue. Look, I think I don't think any fans would be concerned if we went into the season with Dubravka still as number one and and maybe Darlow as number two. I know, look, Darlow hasn't got a run in recently, but he he he, he did all right at the start of last season and he, he sort of warmed the fans. So I don't think it's a it's at the top of their list, but we've seen in a lot of links Nick Poe, Dean Henderson, which we know probably isn't going to happen, but. If you can think of, you know, a relegated team like that, getting Nick Pope in 10, 15 million, it makes sense to be fair. And there'd be a debate as to whether he came in as a number one or whether he would battle Dubravka, but it does feel to me like we probably do need someone to push Dubravka a bit more. You know, he's a younger player um, who could probably sort of step into that role when Dubravka eventually leaves. I feel like for all Darlow's been a good servant, I don't know whether he, he could battle Dubravka in a week-on-week level. So... If they bring in another keeper this summer, I think fans would be happy. But like I say, I don't think it's a it's a priority. To be fair, I'm just looking at obviously Mane's move to to Bayern Munich, and he was a, a great servant for Liverpool. I think they've bought him for 35 million. They've, they've sold him for something similar, and that that's kind of Klopp and Liverpool being quite ruthless. You know, he's he, you know still he, 31, still one of the best players in the Premier League, but. You know, they've said, fine, yeah, you want to go, you go, don't want to sign a new contract, right, we'll get rid of you. And I think we can apply that to what ha- needs to happen at Newcastle. And there are, there are plenty of players who've been good servants for this club have been linked with exits. And I think what we'll see this summer, and it'll continue into January and the summers that, that, that come afterwards, is that there's no room for sentiments in this game. And, you know, the players who maybe have been here five, six years, got new long contracts not that long ago, um, or even players who, you know, are still young, got the best years ahead of them. Y- y- yes, they may have this potential, but Newcastle, their owners, Eddie Howe, Dan Ashworth, they're going to have to be ruthless in, in, in cutting players away for the good and progression of Newcastle United. Yeah, definitely. And look, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Dwight Gale here, but Dwight Gale leaving the summer is probably not a tricky, not as tricky of a decision as Liverpool letting Mane go, but I, I do get your point and... You know, we've said it over the last couple of months, this squad does need to be trimmed down. There's a lot of players who spent the last six months not even making the bench and they do need to be moved on so that they can, you know, revamp the squad. In a couple of years' time, we might be in that position of Liverpool where we're saying, right, we need to move, dare I say it, Bruno up, a player of that ilk on because the likes of Bayern are coming calling. But this summer is important that they don't just bring in the right players, but they free up that room. You know, a couple of months ago we were talking about Will Longstaff leave. He hasn't done it, isn't. Only Hayden gone so far. You know, they, they do need to probably speed up that process and get the likes of Clark and other players off the off the books that haven't really featured under how in recent months. I mean, we're expecting the likes of Kevin Clark to go, Dwight Gale to go. Can you see any surprise exits of it? If it does, you know, do you, are you thinking of anyone that a team comes knocking in Newcastle that could be tempted if the, the, the bid's big enough? I mean, we spoke about it briefly last week, didn't we? But I mean, if, if a bid came in for Shelby, and, and I'm not saying that it will, but if a bid comes in for Shelby, who's done fantastic on early how, if a club offers them 15 million, would, would how be against selling them? I'm not so sure. There's been lots of talk about Maxi, you know, it would probably take 40, 50 million. I can't see anybody really this summer coming in with a with a move of that size then elsewhere you're really looking at the likes of 
Elliot Anderson, who you'd think will go out on loan rather than a permanent deal with a bigger club. So I'm looking at that team and I don't think that there's many players really. I mean, it's fascinating. Even the likes of Callum Wilson, fantastic player. No one ever gets linked with him. So it does look like this summer it's going to be sort of players moved on to lower teams and I don't think at the minute there's, it looks like there's any first team players that are really catching the eye of our Premier League teams. We've got a question um, just above uh, there about how youth Aaron think that the transfer window will go and whether Newcastle will do their business prior to the season kicking off. It's from Graham Townsley and he says, how do we see the overall window? Do we think business will be done by the start of the season or do you think we'll be busy right up until the end? And if so, do you think no European football will sort of we've, we've we've briefly discussed the the no European football. But I mean, just on that actually on that last point, what is the sales pitch? Do you think they can't offer Champions League football? They can't offer Europa League football. Yes, they can offer bigger wages than most teams that finish mid-table. Yes, they can say, well, we're there. Look at all these videos of the stadium last season. Look at that Arsenal game. The atmosphere was 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 buzzing, and it's easy for us to sit here as you know fans of the club and. Um, everyone watching and listening, you know, we get wrapped up in the emotion, don't we? We get wrapped up in blading races. But to Zven Botman, he's probably got no idea what the blading races is. So it's not as easy as sell as that, is it? So what is the sales pitch, do you think? I think you've touched on a lot of those there, you know. I think a big one is Premier League football. The likes of Botman and Ekatiki who have only sort of experienced abroad. Everybody wants to play in the Premier League. They know that if they're going to come to this team, they're going to walk into it because... You know, there's no way we're going to see Botman, you know, behind the likes of Lascelles in the pecking order. So I think that's one, and I think that's important, as we've touched on in a World Cup, yeah, playing regular football. As we've said, war flags in the atmosphere at St. James's is a big pull. We've seen opposition players walking out at St. James's and walking around and being quite astonished by what they've seen. Um, the money, of course, is a big factor. You know, we don't really touch on it as much, but Newcastle United can offer more than the likes of Everton and Villa, maybe not the bigger teams because they have to keep that wage structure, you know, as, as similar to as it is now. Um, so I don't think we'll be seeing any sort of £200,000 a week players coming in or anything of that ilk. But you've, we've touched on it there. There's four or five things that, yes, Newcastle are only a mid-table club. Yes, six months ago, they were battling relegation. The sales pitch, you know, it does sell itself at times. And I think there's a lot of reasons that players would want to join this summer. And in terms of the, the other bits of the question there, how do you see the window going? Do you think Newcastle will have the majority of their signings in before the season kicks on off on August the 6th? I think that's certainly the aim. But I think every club goes into every window saying that, you know, they always want the deals done and it doesn't always work like that. I mean, we've seen already this summer, even though the window's only been open 10 days, there's been links for months really and sometimes deals drag on and, and it's going to be a busy summer. Chelsea are going to strengthen. Arsenal are going to strengthen. Villa are already making moves. Tottenham are signing a lot of players for Antonio Conte. So the aim is definitely to go into the season with a settled squad and a, you know the bulk of that team knowing that they're going to be in and around the first team on the on the first day. But you know as we've seen in previous windows, it can drag on. But look, I think I think Newcastle are in good hands. The ownership have set their plans out. Dan Ashworth coming in is a big help to help with the likes of transfer talks. So I wouldn't be concerned yet. And, I, and as we keep saying, you know, I would urge fans just to be patient and things won't happen overnight. But but I'm confident that the summer, when we look back in September, will have been a successful one. 
got there, Graham Morton saying four of the five brought in January had Premier League experience and he wants to see that again. Too many without experience could be a problem. I agree with that to a certain extent. I think that was a big problem under Mike Ashley, you know, not allowing the managers to bring in these players who had played in the Premier League. And I mean, there's a key point here is that in January it was really key, really key to bring in some experienced Premier League players. And the players they have brought in can set that foundation now, can't they? And this is why this summer, maybe January afterwards, we will see players coming in who have only starred on the European stage and not necessarily in the Premier League because the foundation, the spine, the backbone of Premier League experience is there. Yeah, definitely. And we've touched on it before. And, And as you've just said there, it was crucial in January to get players in where it wasn't a risky deal. Dan Byrne had played Premier League football for years. Matt Target had played for four or five Premier League clubs before joining. But Eddie Howe has, you know, he has spoken in the last couple of months about how he's not averse to bringing in, you know, young talent from abroad. And that was when he was asked about Ekatiki. So there's clearly is a desire there to bring it in. Um, those type of players. I mean, yes, Premier League experience can be needed at times but look at Bruno look at Kabai sometimes when you spot a gem abroad which they think they've done with Botman it almost isn't a risk because you know that they've done so well they aren't going to be put off by the Premier League so look I think it'll be a mix again this summer you know we see the likes of Calvert-Lewin and the likes of Ward-Prowse being linked I don't think the club are against signing an experienced Premier League player despite maybe it not being at the top of the list at the moment but like I say, I think there'll be a mix, but I don't think Howe is against bringing in a young talent and taking that gamble this summer. Looking at elsewhere in the Premier League, and you've mentioned a few teams there, obviously Newcastle are never going to be, at this point in time, able to rival Manchester City, Chelsea, My United, Spurs. Um, you could say, yes, maybe to Arsenal because of you know the beat Bruno Gomerash. But I even look at West Ham. Uh, they've signed Naif Ergerd today. Rennes defender, £30 million even though they're in the Europe uh, Conference League, that's still a European competition. At this moment in time, where Newcastle are on their journey, I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, maybe they're like kind of three or four stages in the Premier League. They're not obviously at the top, second. I'd say West Ham are kind of on the board of second and third. Do you think Newcastle are in that group of teams that can rival West Ham at the signings? Or are they maybe the next stage down the top of the... The, the mid-table kind of group of teams? I think I would put them level with West Ham and I think fans will probably listen to that and think, really? But like you say, West Ham, I've got European football. They were they were a game away really from finishing the Europa League. Um, they're a London club. They've got that draw of being in the capital, big stadium. Um, so I would put Newcastle on that level I think if it's a choice between Villa and Newcastle, I think a lot of players are choosing Newcastle. Um, And similar really with Wolves and Everton, I think Newcastle have elevated themselves to above that level now. Um, And it's just finally making that sort of final bridge between Newcastle and the big six and Leicester and other teams. I mean, you've got to think as well, it's not just about European football, it's about training facilities and and other things like that. You know, we've we've talked a lot on the pod about Leicester and their £400 million training base that makes, you know, Dorsley Park look like, you know, a League Two training ground. So there's a lot of factors, but I think if Newcastle are going up against a West Ham, likes of West Ham and Arsenal this summer, they will get some deals off them, but maybe not all of them. Mm. That's great to see work beginning on the training ground, the diggers moving in. That is going to make a huge difference. 
Interesting comment there from Jonathan Dagg. He says, I will give the Newcastle United board until the first pre-season home game to get players in. If not, we are in for a hard season yet again. And look, he's not the only one to voice those kind of frustrations. But as we've said, I think the general consensus is just have a bit of patience. I get Jonathan where you're kind of coming from. The, you know, the, the squad needs improvement to avoid you know, another scrap next season. But I, I mean, I do at this point think it's probably good enough to make it a mid-table comfortable position. But Newcastle obviously aiming a little bit higher than that to break into the top 10. But, you know, the pre-season, what kicks off in, what, three weeks' time, you would say? Two or three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a lot of time to get players in. And as we've mentioned, the, the transfer window is open um, in in the September. So there's plenty of time. Of course, we'd all like to see players come in earlier. But is this, I mean... Our comments, you know, them kind of frustration. I'm not just picking on Jonathan's point here. I'm picking on, you know, I'm, I'm highlighting, you know, concerns in general. Is that, again, just a case of maybe the excitement of where we think Newcastle can get to, the funds they potentially have, and that all just rolls into, that excitement boils over into this frustration, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Look, some fans will be thinking, look, we're the richest club in the world and we can attract all the players we want. Let's just get it done and have them all in by July 1st and, and crack on. But we know it isn't like that and it isn't going to be that easy. As we've said, their aim is to get them in early, but it wouldn't surprise me if it drags into late July and August. But I don't think there's any need to panic if that happens. I think, it, look, the window's just opened. It's our first summer being, you know, the richest club in the world, all that. And I think maybe in a year or two's time, the expectation will be lessened because it won't be fresh, it won't be new. We'll be used to, you know, having to deal with sort of agents and clubs and having that sort of battle that we probably didn't have six months ago. Um, so, I mean, look, if, if they get to the first pre-season game and they haven't signed anyone, I, I wouldn't be in any panic, I think. As we say, the deals that they need to do, they'll get done. If they don't get their first target, they'll have a list of others that they can attack. Um so yeah, no concern for me, but I do understand fans' frustration. I think that's the key, isn't it? Not to panic. We've spoken there about this Newcastle United tax, which is now a very real thing of teams and even you know players' demands. The prices are getting hyped up because they think Newcastle have this endless pot of gold. But in many game, in many ways, it is a game of brinkmanship, isn't it? It's who blinks first. And while Newcastle want these players, the selling club know Newcastle want these players. We've mentioned previously they can't. They can't just agree to our demand because once you start, it's a very slippery slope. So it is very important that Newcastle stand strong, stand tough. And I think in the long run, you know, if teams are agreeing a price and hiking another four or five million on of players are coming, player agents are coming back and saying, well, actually, yep, we agreed this, but now we want an extra five, six thousand pounds. I think in the long run, if Newcastle stand their ground and show that they are a tough operator, willing to pay the going price without getting ripped off themselves. I think that'll stand them in good stead and, and, and teams will come to realise that Newcastle are no mugs at all. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think the club will and I think already they've shown that they will. We've talked a lot about Diego Carlos and how the club really, if they wanted to, could have done a deal in January. But you only have to look at the price that Villa are you know, reportedly paying for him to see that you know they've sort of knocked £15 million off that price for Carlos this summer in, in terms of selling it to Villa. So... It's about not overpaying, but like as as we've touched on, I don't think the owners will, um, and I don't think they're in any need to because, as you say, let's say Lille stuck an extra twenty million pounds on Botman's price tag, which obviously they aren't going to do. 
the club will walk away and, and look at other targets. It's not as if we're on deadline day and you know they sort of need to panic send at panic spend and, and and buy players for over the odds. Um, a few good comments there. There was a comment just above there saying about Newcastle are a mid-table side, but Chris reckons three or four top quality players could push Newcastle into the top six. Is that a little bit ambitious? Do you think? Um, You're going to have to get the look of the green, aren't you? As well as bringing in them players to get in the top six. Look, yeah, they are going to need luck to push into the top six. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of fans this season are hoping that they're in and around the top eight. You've got to remember the last six months of the season, that form, you look at the form table of 2022, Newcastle were up there. Now, look, they aren't going to keep that up all season. We know that, you know, it was probably a how coming in and the signs they made and they got a bit of luck on the way. But if that's what Newcastle can do and finish, you know, in and around the top 10 this season after not winning in 14 games, you've got to be confident of this current side finishing mid-table next season. Add two or three top-quality names, a big centre-back like Botman, a proper striker, maybe another midfielder. Look, I don't want to say it because I, I don't think the club will finish in the top six, but I think anywhere between that top six and top ten is reasonable for You can season. see it, and then I'll revisit it in a year's time if you want. I, I think if, if you put a gun at my head now and said, where are Newcastle going to finish next season? I think they'll finish eighth. I think they'll just come up slightly short. I think they'll give it a good go of, of getting into Europe, but I think you've got to think there's a, there's a big six there now that's already been interrupted by Leicester, West Ham, Villa are strengthening massively. Everton probably won't have a bad a season as they did this year. It's going to be tough next year to get in the top six or anywhere near it. So it's it's interesting to see fans talking about it in the comments and some are maybe more optimistic than others, but it's it's such a big ask to finish in the top six next season. We've got Darren Lee Wells there saying Newcastle should be talking seventh or eighth this season with a good cup run. Anything else is a bonus if we finish higher or reach a cup final. Um, Tony Forbes mentioned that uh, Newcastle are um, taking a bit of time to sign players and he was asking what will they be left with in terms of their targets are going elsewhere where does that leave Newcastle again I think we're so early on in the window you know the, the two main names at the top of the list are still potentially going to arrive at Newcastle as I mentioned I think a tech will arrive um, on Tyneside uh, you know so I think again it just goes back to the Patience, patience is the key. Yeah, and I think look, there's going to be names that probably haven't even been mentioned in the media yet that they could easily be looking at behind the scenes in case you know the likes of their Botman deals and their Ekatika deals fall through. So we could be sat here in a month's time, you know, talking to fans and a name that hadn't even been mentioned and now has been signed. So you know, I don't think I don't think there should be any panic this week if Botman suddenly decides that he's going to AC Milan or anything like that. John Gandhi there says momentum is a huge factor in football. I'm pretty sure Eddie Howe won't want wholesale change this summer. We've done really well since Johnny, so the addition of three to four players will be the aim. I think that comment kind of sums it up. You know, I do think there will be three or four exits this summer at the very least, but I, I, I can't really see more than maybe four or five players coming in in the summer because you, you look at who potentially starts in that, you know, if everyone's fit, you'd say Dubrovka, starting goal are they really going to find someone better Kieran Trippier on the right back you're not going to find a better right back than Kieran Trippier for everything he offers new centre back plus one of Dan Byrne Fabian Chow even Jamal Lascelles who I think even though he's been linked away finished the season strong enough 
last season to, to maybe get yourself into that picture. Left back, my target. In the centre of the park, you see Joe Linson, Bruno Gumaresh. Again, I don't, the midfield's not a priority, so I think it probably will be John Joe Shelby or Joe Willick. Of course, you've got Sean Longstaff there. St. Maxman's a given unless someone comes in with stupid money. The other side, you could see, yeah, potentially they're going to be bringing someone in, but uh, fit Ryan Fraser under the influence of Eddie Howe. Fantastic. Miguel Almiron, we saw what he did towards the end of last season. His agent is now seemingly playing down exits when every other yet, yeah, you know, dropping little hints about Inter Milan and what have you. And then, you know, the rest of it is, you know, it's Callum Wilson a fit. So you look around and you say, well, where actually would these new players really come in and stop? Because if you're buying players of quality like Botman, they're not going to be one and sitting on the bench. But he's probably the only one really you know, of them positions where you see he's probably guaranteed first-team football. Yeah, look, I think over the next couple of windows, we'll see that standard lifted. So it's getting to the point where we're not talking about Fraser or Miggy, we're talking about someone of, you know, for example, the likes of Musa Diaby and that, you know, those big players. But just going back to the original point that John made, Eddie Howe is, you know, he's very, very safe he doesn't want big changes. He'll want to keep the bulk of this squad together. And I think the owners as well as Howe and Ashworth will all be of the same mind that this isn't an overnight thing where we need to transform everything rapidly. We can just take it step by step. Little changes here, little changes there. I agree that I think four at a push five might come in this summer along with maybe five or six leaving. I, I don't see it being a full new start 11 come come August the 6th or anything like that. So yeah, Do you, do, do you see though, those four or five coming in coming in and, and being first-team starters? I guess it goes back to the point I made earlier where you would assume so, yes, and there has to be ruthless decisions made by Eddie Howe to say, well, yeah, you were first-team at this point, but actually, no, you're dropping to the bench, or actually, you're out the door. I think the bulk of the players to sign this summer will be Walk, well, maybe not walk into that team, but I think they'll be, you know, starters. Botman would instantly walk in and be a starter. Ekatike, you'd think spending that money on him on a young talent would would probably get a good show. The likes of Ward Prowse, I know not a lot of fans will be agreeing with this, but I think he would walk into that team of a like Shelby. I think he offers more of his all round game. So you look at the targets have been linked with so far. I don't think a lot. I don't think many of them you're looking at thinking may you only come in and warm the bench. I think the level of players that they're being linked with so far prove that they are trying to sort of elevate that first eleven. But as we've touched on, how won't want to disrupt too much, you know, that team that had that amazing run from, from December to March. Teddy is interesting though, isn't it? Because he, he spent 30 million on him. He's only hit double figures once. That was last season, 10 goals. He's a young guy. You know, he's had a couple of injuries. Hopefully... You know, he's overcome those. But do you really put the goal scoring responsibility on him? Look, I'm not going to sit here and, and to our listeners and viewers and say, I've watched any of them. I haven't. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But I, just with his age, and I know we said a few weeks ago that if you're good enough, it doesn't matter how old you are. But it's a big responsibility, isn't it? Do yeah. You, do it, you put that on him? No, I don't, th- I don't think you do. And look, if he'd been a central striker playing in French's top division for... Three or four seasons, and he was hitting double figures every season. Fair enough, bring him in. But he's, you've got to remember, he's just turned 20 today. He's coming in off the left. He's only scored 12 goals in, in France's top flight in what was admittedly a fantastic breakthrough season. But 
add in how Rory is, plus his injury concerns he's had in the last three months, it's a gamble bringing him in anyway, let alone leading the line. So, as we've touched on in previous podcasts, I think it would be, if he comes in, it's a case of him probably battling Maxi down the left, maybe even having a spell on the right. I don't think he's coming in to battle Wilson for that number nine, at least not, not in the short term. Certainly going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Well, that is the everything. That is the end of the Everything is Black and White podcast. If I can get me words out. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider to those watching on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you very much for joining us. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep the date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including our daily transfer blog where we'll put in every rumour and concrete story in there. Thank you very much once again and enjoy the rest of your day.